There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on September the 4th, 2013. I always ask newcomers to make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and you'll find lots of information about the system that you're born into and how it works, operates, and how it really is conditioned you into actually being you. And if you judge yourself to your peers or by your peers, you'll find they're all the same as yourself, pretty well in the same major opinions and things and so on. And every age group is catered to, uh, from, from tiny tots all the way through to those who are on the way out. And that's the way it is. It's a perfect system, scientifically controlled and managed by great public relations and the guys who own all of the media, basically, too, plus education system as well. So help yourself to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, find out how the big uh, corporations and the big uh, foundations, the parallel government, they call themselves, actually run the world, and they have all the think tanks which advise governments on every every uh, facet of policy of any kind to do with societies across the world and domestically as well. Plus, you can get on the website, uh, apart from all the audios that the talks I've given over the years, you can also get transcripts to, for print up in English. And if you go into Alan Watt Sentin, sentinel.eu, you'll find transcripts in other languages for print up. And remember, too, you bring me to you. You can help me take along here by buying the books and discs at the, the website cuttingthroughmatrix.com. And that helps me just get by almost sometimes. And I could go completely commercialized and get lots of ads on and so on and really hype it up. But then you're in your show business. And then, of course, business leans on you. And then you have to forgo some of your ethics and so on to sell products. So I rely upon the people to, to, set, to buy the books and discs and so on. And you really get an idea how chronology and the art of controlling the minds of millions of people is an ancient art. It's perfected today, mind you, because of instant communication, the big foundations and the educational systems they go through. In fact, we're all prepared for subsequent propaganda, as I mentioned last night, by early education. It's essential for, for uh, subsequent propaganda to take properly on your mind. So rather than simply react to things or join this side, that side, or whatever side is, is offering uh, what you think is the answers to all of the problems, you got to go by yourself, find out yourself who you are to start with, and you, you'll shed a lot of the, the other ones on the way. You stop being a follower and you're a doer instead because that's what's important. I've mentioned how propaganda works. It's essential you understand how propaganda works and how you can be manipulated into joining various sides. And and even those who run the present system, remember, they've run previous systems. I'm talking about intergenerationally for thousands of years, really, and definitely from the 1700s onwards, um, non-stop. And they literally uh, know when it's time to go on to the next system, which they also will run. But they want your help sometimes to rebel and bring it in. It never ends up the way that you want, of course. It's not for your benefit. It's for the ones who already controls for their benefit, you see. And power and technique is all used in this. Very old story, actually, but it works so well in every age. 
And getting back to propaganda, I mentioned it last night, uh, how it works in a minimalistic sort of way. But it's a, it's a vast area, in fact, because everything truly is propaganda. Uh, there's, there's nothing out there really that is not propaganda from, from the big, big uh, mainstream and so on, big business. But um, I've mentioned many times before how the young are always used uh, for wars. That's why they don't go for older folk, because by that time they've, they've wisened up to things. Uh, they know that they're suspicious about things. They've been conned. They've left school like everybody else and ran for the big carrot they're promised to get. They work hard and save their pennies. It doesn't work out that way. They become jaded and they're very skeptical about things. So they don't go off and fight wars for the con men uh, that they voted in and out over many, many years. Uh, so therefore, they always target the young. The young are still in a fantasy stage. And that's why they go for young men especially. They're still getting out of the uh, playing cowboys and Indians, chasing each other around trees. And then now they want to get into uh, something that's real and something that bonds them together. Because youngsters at that age, adolescents, uh, they might go around in groups sometimes, but each one of them in the group feels distinctly alone. They don't feel they belong to the group, really. And they're a bit suspicious about the rest of them too. Did they want me here? Did they not? And so on. Because they're still finding out themselves who they are. And therefore, uh, the army's there already. Uh, you become part of a group. Uh, you're given a uniform. So you're all different people, but now you're one form. That's what that means. And uh, so therefore, they stand up for you, just like a gang will stand up for you if you're in trouble. Uh, so it works very, very well. Old, old system works awfully well, and it's perfected today. So the group loyalty comes before everything else, you see. And you're, you're able then to go and get yourself killed uh, or lay your life down, what you think it will fear for your brothers, as you think. But really it's for, for wars that you don't even understand because even in the military, maybe even more so in the military, they're given even more minimalistic, minimalistic propaganda, very minimal indeed. And so they go off and fight. Now, talking about how they recruit the young, uh, this is a proof of it right here. This is, this is from the, the military website in the U.S. They all do this in every country, but the U.S. is ahead because they have more money to spend. But it says, latest version of America's army is ready for download. And this is from the United States Army's website. It says, highlights of the latest offering include fast-paced battlefield exercises for small engagements of six-on-six -six play. Uh, forward line operation training for 12 and 12 play and so on. New weapons such as M9 and Remington 870 MCS shotgun and so on and so on. Next version of America's Army video game was released today and is now available for download. The newest version emphasizes small unit tactical maneuvers and training that reflects the current day Army and emphasizes, emphasizes Army values, teamwork, training and completing the objectives through gameplay that reflects the soldier's creed. So they're right away, you're a soldier's creed. See, it's a kind of belief system. You're part of the team. And this is for, this is for children who, who are fantasizing at that age too. That's what it's meant for, you see, to make sure they go into uh, the real thing and they still haven't woken up, obviously. They're still uh, children, really. And um, and they'll go off and get themselves killed, or, or kill whoever they're told to kill as well, as part of the team. So it's the latest version of the America's Army is ready for download, it says. And it's taken from cartoons and comics and all the rest of it. It's the things that children read. Uh, but this is meant for young guys going into adulthood and believe you me men take longer to get into adulthood than the women i think so and uh, they're still fantasizing about being a hero and all of these things that they can do which generally doesn't happen that way at all
But I'll put this up tonight to give you an example. Uh, and, and I'm sure there's, there's lots of uh, videos up there too. Uh, I've mentioned some before where even the recruiting offices now are all full of uh, video games for the children to walk into and uh, and get sucked into the fantasy. There's nothing fantastical about warfare, folks. It's slaughter, bloodshed, and once your use is up, you're tossed out on the street, and that's you. Tough luck. That's reality of the system. And talking about the system, too, I've mentioned before when Brzezinski came out and talked about global awakening in, in political matters, and he's a backer of Obama, remember, too, his trilateral commission and globalist geopolitician. He's the guy that got the jihad started in Afghanistan to fight the Russians. I've put the link up before, I'll put it up again tonight to, to you know, hear from his own mouth, telling them to have a holy war. And I'll, t- I'll talk about this article when I come back from this break. Hi, folks. We're back talking about Brzezinski, and uh, and he's complaining that political awakening is making the Syrian war difficult. And it says, doing a short interview with Germany's DW News last Monday, former U.S. National Security Advisor and Trilateral Commission co-founder Zygmunt Brzezinski commented on the growing inefficiency of war due to the increased political knowledge of the public. And it says, given the contemporary reality of what I've called in my writings in his books, Global Political Awakening, a policy of force based primarily on Western and in some cases former colonial powers does not seem to me a very promising avenue to eventual solution to the regional problem. Now, the, words, the wording is awfully interesting too, because he's really saying that governments have always just gone ahead and used force and given some nonsense to the public, very minimalistic as I say propaganda is and keep you uh, occupied at home with financial problems or unemployment or whatever it happens to be. It's so easy to do, isn't it? It's kind of hard to be worried about someone else if you start to, to feel the, the cost of living and you can hardly feed your family and all the rest of it. So they keep you concentrated on things at home. You understand, it even says here, to the regional problem. Now, whose problem is it? You see, he doesn't, he doesn't just say Syria, he just says the regional problem. And it's a problem to those who want to bring in global governance, which also means that the ones who rule America and own America and own Britain and other countries too, they own them, folks. These internationalists, they, they want the whole world and they want all the resources in the world too. And that's really what he's referring to. But it says, despite Brzezinski's noted long-term relationship with Obama, which included a top foreign policy advisor position, Brzezinski denied any specific knowledge of his plans regarding Syria, which is nonsense, of course, of course he does. Seeing that the administration has a strategy, it's a very well-kept secret. And it says, Obama's Middle Eastern strategy has been a mere continuation of the policies seen under Bush, exemplified by former four-star general and NATO commander Wesley Clark's admission of the Bush-era Pentagon plan to overthrow several countries, including Libya and Syria. I mentioned them before. Back in the 90s, they even mentioned that in the PNAC group. So when they stick to their plans, they never change them down through the years. So though Brzezinski at time attempts to appear composed to military interventionism, President Obama's actions in Syria, which include the support of admitted al-Qaeda fighters. It's not support, they're paying them, folks. Uh, this, this apparently comes in Britain, too, where they're recruiting uh, uh, people who emigrated into Britain and uh, to go back and fight. Articles came out recently, too. It's quite interesting that al-Qaeda actually has to fill in forms 
uh, for requisitions for different things too. Now, rebels don't care about these things, but the countries that are financing it all certainly do care about having all the little chitties, as they say, as to where the cash is all going. So anyway, all these rebels and so on, by the way, uh, will go the same way as, as the fighters in Afghanistan after they were used to fight Russia. They have to be wiped out. But the, at the moment, they build up an army, they'll use them, and they'll eventually want to take down Iran as well. And then they'll have to eliminate them too, very quickly. Uh, they always get used, done through the ages, by the way. So it says here that um, Brzezinski's call of warning to the global political awakening has only intensified in recent years. Last year, during a speech in Poland, Brzezinski noted it's become increasingly difficult to suppress and control the persistent and highly uh, motivated populist resistance of politically awakened and historically resentful peoples, he says. Uh, Brzezinski also blamed the accessibility of radio, television and internet for the universal awakening of mass political consciousness. The major world powers, new and old, also face a novel reality, while the lethality of their military might is greater than ever. The capacity to impose control over the politically awakened masses of the world is at a historic low. To put it bluntly, in in earlier times it was easier to control one million people than to physically kill uh, one million people today. In other words, it's easier to kill masses of people today than it was to to simply force them uh, in, in the past with a few troops. So that's where we are today. I'll put this link up tonight. It's got a few other links to it. But uh, everything is a con, as I say. And remember, the Brzezinski will speak out of both sides of his mouth, like they all do. As the Indian says, white man speak with forked tongue. And isn't that the truth of it, especially to his own people? So uh, they never give up, of course. And they have fantastic think tanks to find out ways. And all the marketers in the world, which they use too for poll studies and to make you shift your opinions and what will it take to make you shift your opinions to be all for it. The best thing, of course, is to show you children who are dead. Of course, that journey has worked before, but it's not even working so much now. So they have to go a bit further than that. And also, as we go into this totalitarian world system, remember that's what it's all about, folks. What you're seeing happening across the world is going to come home. And it is coming home. Uh, for totalitarian tyranny, uh, basically, because you're going through a big change from one age to another. That's what I've mentioned before. Those in control bring you different ages. They'll even recruit you to alter the money system, which is utterly crooked. Of course it is, because it was meant to be crooked. The crooks were put in in the first place to make sure they managed it. That's what runs the world. But they'll have to go into a new system uh, and have you rebel about it and so on. So you'll like the new system for a while until you catch on. It's the same old con with the same folk running it again, and you're no better off than before. But it's a new age that you're going into. Of tyranny. Now, the Club of Rome has said many times, and they're still giving lectures even today, I noticed, uh, on uh, the fact that democracy doesn't work. And the big lie, of course, even President Reagan mentioned it, is that there are those in the world who try to convince you that the world's problems are much too great and severe to be left to democracy. It's too complicated today, which is nonsense. Uh, But they're still using that technique. And the, the Club of Rome came out and said the same thing again. They're always repeating this mantra. And they want experts to run the world. Uh, out and, and, and the public will be living under authoritarian systems. That's what they want. And you're going under it by many, many different ways, as we speak, in fact. Has been happening for quite some time. 
uh, as you become uh, totally monitored, etc. But here's an article here. It says, Big Brother's watching European Union looks to speed speed limiters on the road to make the roads safer. So that's how you present propaganda, to make the roads safer. Just add that at the end. It's okay, isn't it? In an effort to cut the 30,000 European road deaths each year, the European Union is reportedly working on a proposal to mandate all new cars be fitted with intelligent speed adaptation systems to keep drivers in line with the law. Now, they can keep bringing down speed limits and all the rest of it and simply uh, uh, altering the speed adapter systems automatically, obviously, remotely, and, and, and even stopping your car as well. That's what it's all about. I mean, everything is like this, you understand. Everything is like this. And why should all the people suffer too? Because the, the, the occasional few speeders, rather than just get the speeders, the, the ones who are really ruling it for everybody and dangerous driving, or the few drunks that do it, why would you stop whole highways of people and breath test them? That's just not on, the, on at all. But that's the cons that they pull on the public to train you, you understand. Everything is training. Very important to be trained. And also... This article here shows you what they're also doing uh, about IDing you because it says uh, a new device uses your heartbeat as an electronic key. Isn't that wonderful? The move to give everyone a unique ID that can be verified across nearly all human activity has been in the works for some time. Naturally, the fear of identity theft and cyber banking crimes of all stripes has been the sales pitch to accept identity tech such as facial recognition, iris scans, and fingerprint, as well as their attendant databases. Digital sign-in services, smart cards, and range of biometrics have all been offered as a perfect solution, and they're starting to enter the market at many levels. Moreover, there's an ongoing cooperative effort between global banks and corporations to ensure there will be standardized, centralized entry into consumer internet banking matrix of the future. Now, the whole system's set up to be hacked. It really is. I don't believe the ones at the top get hacked at all, to be honest with you. They're way ahead of us. Couple this with the, the hackable Internet of Things and so on, and we just go on and on and on with more intrusion and more IDing and more supposedly foolproof ways to, to ID you. Capitalizing on the holes in security that we continue to see revealed in smart devices as well as seeking to find solutions and so on, uh, or passwords, the tech startup Bionim, it's called, offers its solution. The proposed $79 bracelet uses your unique heartbeat signature to unlock smart devices, access ATMs, and so on. And so will the government folks, remotely too, probably even from satellites. Great way to bump you off too, isn't it? Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. And also, to an article on all the sneaky things that happen at, at back home, of course, it says Obama hides Obamacare subsidies for foreign students and guest workers. And it says, is, um, he told Americans Friday that federal aid is reserved for citizens, even though his deputies have drafted complex regulations to give taxpayer funded Obamacare subsidies to foreign students and to millions of guest workers. He made the misleading claim during a televised roundtable at the second stop of his two-day two-state tour, promoting more aid to students. And so I'll put that one up tonight, too. I won't read all the rest of it, because you get fed up reading their, their nonsense. You really do, don't you? I mean, all it is really, too, is, is it's all deceit. 
everything that comes out of these characters is basically deceit because they see you all as children, stupid children at that. And uh, they get rather angry, in fact, if you realize you're not quite so stupid as they'd hoped. And um, and they go back to try to make you even stupider if they can, or diverting you with crazy nonsense on television, etc., etc. But um, you're living in a controlled society, and these guys are pushing ahead because you're going into a global society, not hands across the sea and happy people is living together, but into totalitarian tyranny, basically, because that's what's planned, folks. Mind you, some tyrannies can be introduced in a very nice way, keeping you happy all along the way until you're in the trap. And lots of folk actually will like uh, this this new version, this more more updated version of socialism too. Lots of folk are quite happy being slaves, you know. Also to do with uh, behaviour modification, you'll find that governments and, and money, of course, the economic uh, clout, of course, is a big uh, tool to use. But it says in Britain, what have uh, c- alcohol, booze, cigarettes and, and televisions got to do with benefits? Well, in Scotland, which is a big test base for all of the New World Order's systems right now, including monitoring children from the age of about four months onwards uh, by state-appointed uh, uh, guardians that come in to your houses, whether you like it or not, uh, to see even if they're racist at four months. Now, I don't know what kind of test to use for that. Anyway, it says, what have uh, the cigarettes and so on got to do with benefits? It says, Edinburgh Council is now using how much a person drinks or smokes, you see, to judge where they should receive help to pay the bedroom tax. Now, there shouldn't be any bedroom tax in the first place, obviously. But that's the socialism, you see. And uh, it says tenants applying for a discretionary housing payment are asked to detail how much they spend on luxuries, such as television, drink and mobile phones. Uh, if it is thought to be too much, they don't get help to pay the rent. So again, behaviour modification, the way that you live and, and so on, is all being introduced. And for all those who don't smoke or drink, uh, don't laugh too quickly because they're going to you too, because they're, uh, they're after obese people as well, and you get penalised too. They start with one, you see, and then start with another group. They don't start with everybody at once, and, and therefore the majority just don't care until it comes round to them, and, and this is how things really, really work. So discretionary funds were always the embodiment of the worst version of social security and one that is now creeping onto the agenda that says these sorts of benefits should be the normal. The clue is in the title, this isn't help, that's an entitlement, but to be awarded at the giver's discretion. So now you've got all these bureaucrats and and government agencies deciding if you're going to get benefits or not. Just that's the way it's going. And uh, I'll get round to everybody eventually, believe you me. Because everyone's got something. Oh, you eat too much meat, or you eat meat altogether, and, and, and blah, blah, blah. It just never stops. And when I say tyranny is coming in, I really mean tyranny, folks. Uh, Hunt announces a new push to create a database of the, the National Health Service patients' records. Another database, because they've got God knows how many already. They're always supposedly getting hacked into and so on. By the way, in Britain, uh, any agency can then buy your complete health records for one dollar, one pound now. That's how, how they can access it so easily. Find it all about you. So it says here, the government's controversial push to create a database of patients' records containing the nation's medical details will be boosted by a £1 billion technology fund, the politicians announced today. Now this is for the whole country. Everybody in the country will have all the... Imagine the power you'll have over everyone when you know all of their medical records and so on. 
And then, of course, the eugenicist faction in the, in the government, so that all the different so-called experts will be handed this data too to see who should breed in the future and who should not breed because got bad genes or whatever, yada, yada, yada. There might be a liability on the rest of society down the road. You're already in the sci-fi system. It says, despite the privacy campaigners warning that identifiable patient data could harm rather than help the public, the Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt will argue today that the sharing of such information is necessary to help ease pressures on, on A&E departments by cutting down on the paperwork that hampers clinicians. So there you go. They've also got a, a, a ridiculous excuse for everything, isn't it? Don't they? They always do. And also, too, that porn in Parliament, this is... In Britain, it says nearly 300,000 attempts were made to access pornography websites from computers within the House of Parliament over the past year. The official records have shown uh, somebody got a, a, a release for, for freedom of information to see uh, how many of the politicians and the bureaucrats are accessing this stuff because they're, they're actually going to try to, under Cameron, put a law out that limits pornography on the net, which is not going to limit it at all, actually. Cameron actually talked to all the top pornography providers beforehand and said it's, it's really a public relations exercise uh, to calm the public, keep them happy. So we could just change our names, maybe. That would be all right. Everything's a racket and a con, eh? And, of course, the worst purveyors of porn are sitting there uh, swallowing up your cash all the time for their big, big paychecks. I mentioned already, too, that uh, this was a, an article published first in 2005. The U.S. defends the use of white phosphorus weapons in Iraq as a chemical weapon, for those who don't know. Uh, it's uh, nasty, too, actually, nastier than even stuff, I think, that was used by the rebels in Syria, because it is a horrific death. You breathe the stuff in as well. It burns your lungs and everything else. You start coughing up blood, and it will melt your eyeballs out eventually. Uh, this is what the U.S. used, but they defended it and said it was legal because they decided it was legal to use it. It's only like when an enemy uses things like that that it's illegal, you see. And it says... um. So that's why, that's why the U.S. can deny the legal use of weapons when they, they bombed Iraq. And from the Sydney Morning Herald, 2005, November, says the Pentagon has acknowledged using incendiary white phosphorus munitions in a 2004 counterinsurgery offensive in the Iraqi city of Fallujah, but defended their use as legal. So they decided themselves that it was quite legal. The Pentagon spokesman, Lieutenant Colonel Barry Venable, said on Wednesday that the U.S. military had not used the highly flammable weapons against civilians, contrary to an Italian state television report this month that said the weapons were used against men, women and children in Fallujah who were burned to the bone. That's what it does. We category deny that claim, Colonel Venable said, as part of our conventional weapons inventory and we use it like we use any other conventional weapon, said another Pentagon spokesman, Brian Whitsman. Colonel Venable said white phosphorus was not outlawed or banned by any convention. However, a protocol to the 1980 Convention on Conventional Weapons forbids using incendiary weapons against civilians or against military targets amid concentrations of civilians. The U.S. did not sign the protocol. That's why they said it was legal. <laughs> and I've got quite a few articles on that, too. I'll put this link up tonight. And uh, for those who care, you know. We don't care too much when it's other folk getting slaughtered, really. It's only when we start getting slaughtered, we start squealing. It's a sad thing. Because all those wars seem all far away. They, keep, they always make sure they're far away from you, not near border, you see. 
Also, this, oh, Tony Blair, which is Tony Blair, of course, but uh, he's definitely an awful liar. I mean, he truly is. He's one of the worst psychopaths you'll get. Uh, but it says, Tony Blair greeted with protests in Thailand over accusations that he was due to be paid £400,000 to talk. I mean, if I had some cash, I'd pay him not to talk. Because, I mean, he's, he's, this guy was taught uh, motivational techniques. You know, where you get a hypermanic person on the stage that goes around flapping their arms and trying to get the audience excited. It's all technique, you see. And that's what he used on the, the, the public when he get, went for, wanted to go to war and all the rest of it. He's the only person in Britain that wanted it. But again, he was part of the secret deal with the US and other countries as well. And I mean, I mean secret, folks. In fact, he was their boy. They put him in. And this article, too, is to do with um, Patrick Buchanan. Uh, talked again about this saving face for Obama. He says, if Congress votes no on a resolution calling for U.S. intervention in Syria and civil, uh, Syrian's civil war, says McCain, it would be catastrophic for U.S. credibility in the world. So, so uh, even if you're wrong, it's best to go ahead to show you that you're still strong when you're wrong. I mean, is, is that the whole thing? And it says, consider what the senator is saying here, because Barack Obama two years ago said Assad must go, and one year ago said any use of chemical weapons crosses his red line. Congress has no choice but to plunge America into yet another Mideast war. Can this be? Are we really as a nation required to go to war to make good the simple-minded statements of an untutored president who has no constitutional authority to issue his impulsive ultimata? Are we really required to go to war to get the egg off Obama's face? Well, they're going to go to war regardless, folks. It's been planned before they got Obama in. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. Also meet BOSS, it's called B-O-S-S, the Department of Homeland Security's facial scanning program. It stands for Biometric Optical Surveillance System and it's a, it's a crowd uh, scanning program that's been in development by the Department of Homeland Security for almost three years now. So they can actually scan the whole crowd for all the data they want. It says, did you catch it? It says, this is a DHS, the ridiculously dangerous, uh, cancerous, uh, gargantuan waste of money. Uh, the leaders are foolishly created after 9-11 to prevent terrorism. This vague thing called terrorism that covers everything now, by the way. Remember what the definition of terrorism was by, I think it was um, uh, Kissinger, when he was giving a fought talk across the sea somewhere in Europe. And he says, uh, it's really, it's anyone who's against the globalization of the world, this new order of things. That's what it's about. I mean, it also means that when you go into what they mean by that too, it means the privatization of everything into the hands of big international corporations are all members of the same group. That's everything you need to, to live on, by the way. Food, water, everything. Nothing is missed. But it says here, in a sign how the, the, the use of such technologies can be developed for one uh, use, but then expanded to another. The BOSS research began as an effort to help the military detect potential suicide bombers and other terrorist overseers. 
overseas as at outdoor polling in places in Afghanistan and Iraq, amongst other sites, the document shows. But in 2010, the effort was transferred to the Department of Homeland Security to be developed for use instead by the police inside the United States. So not only will be scanning your current license plates now automatically like they do in Britain because there's a little chip on them, uh, they can also uh, scan your face as well, wherever you happen to be, and that will get linked up with all the stores that you walked into, you walk into every day, and so on, what you purchase, etc., etc., etc. This is the new freedom. Remember, uh, George Bush called it the new freedom, and it went over folks' heads. He just made a declaration in front of the country that's a legality, and if no one objects, you see, it becomes law. This is the new freedom. The freedom to be watched and monitored wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you write, whatever you talk about and so on, is all to be monitored by your betters, those who are way above you and know what's really going on since they plan it all. They're in on the planning of it. You're supposed to be down there with the ants and don't think too much or say too much. Just play. Just play yourselves and be happy. That's why there's so inter- much entertainment out there. A country, I mean, the U.S. has more television uh, cable stations than any other and the whole planet. So the biggest drug problem in the whole planet too. And that also keeps the people quite happy and down there too. So some revolting in the streets. When Margaret Thatcher was in Britain, she altered the times of the pub openings, which used to close in the afternoons, about 2.30. And um, she opened them all because uh, they were deindustrializing Britain at the time. They didn't tell the public till it was all done. Uh, and it had been a policy that was put in place since World War II. As part of the deal they made uh, with the United Nations, the industrialism, don't tell the public, massive unemployment, factories closed down all the time through the 70s and 80s. And Thatcher came out, changed all the rules for the pubs, and she said it was better to have the young folk inside getting drunk than outside marching in the streets. That's why you've got the drug problems everywhere now. It, it, it has the same effect, you see. You don't quite feel like marching and protesting if you're stoned out your gourd, do you? There's a reason for everything, folks. And uh, also, it says, uh, the administration's proposed Syria, AUMF, is a very broad, uh, it says, it's a very broad system indeed, it says. Uh, the administration proposed authorization for the use of military force for Syria uh, provides authorization. The president is authorized to use the armed forces of the U.S. as he determines to be necessary and appropriate in connection with the use of chemical weapons or other weapons of mass destruction in the conflict in Syria. In order to, it says, one, prevent or deter the use of or proliferation, including the transfer to terrorist groups or other state or non-state actors within, to or from Syria, any weapons of mass destruction. Well, well they shipped them all in through the U.S. through Qatar. That's been in the mainstream for years. That's where they funded. That's where they signed the little chitties. How many missiles would we give them? Sign, sign right here. You know, Ahmed, and that's it. Then number two, protect the U.S. and its allies and partners against threat posed by such weapons. Well, all the, the weapons are going to be used over there. It says there's much more here than at first meets the eye. The proposed AUMF focuses on Syrian weapons of mass destruction, but is otherwise very broad. Authorizes the president to use any element of the U.S. armed forces and any method of force. It does not contain specific limits on targets, either in terms of the identity of the targets, such as the Syrian government, the rebels, Hezbollah, Iran, or the geography of the targets. Its main limit comes on the purposes for which force can be used. 
four points are worth making about these purposes. First, that the AUMF authorizes the president to use force in connection with the use of weapons of mass destruction in a Syrian civil war. It does not, isn't a complete replay of Iraq, you know, when they found nothing there. It doesn't matter though, because facts don't count when they've already made up their minds before Obama even came in, right? Meanwhile, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the big boys are delaying the write-offs on the delinquent mortgages. The guys who helped crash the banks and all the rest of it too. The big banksters that uh, are up to the top of the tree actually with all the wars because these boys are in on the planning or at the very, very top. A government report raises questions on how Fannie and Freddie account for future losses. Mandated changes once in effect could eat into their profits as the housing markets recover. But more than a year ago, it said that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac needed to change their accounting practices to conform with the way banks write off mortgages that are more than 180 days delinquent. They still don't know who the mortgages belong to anymore, but they give them to the banks anyway, because they're all selling them to each other, unloading them to each other and upping the prices. That's what caused the crash. That's one of the reasons they caused the, caused the crash. They knew they'd get away with it too, too big to fail. Also, the labour participation in the U.S., the rate of it hits a 34-year low. The percentage of Americans who have a job or are looking for one known as labor force participation rates has plunged to a 34-year low, according to a new report from Staffing Company Express Employment Professionals. So it's, uh, there's more, less and less folk looking for work, probably because there isn't any to be had, unless you have 10 different part-time jobs to help pay your rent. That's the way it's going. Also, there's two articles on on uh, J.P. Morgan and other big banksters. Ex-J.P. Morgan trader was arrested in Spain. And once again today, there's another article about a whole bunch of them getting investigated now for their con games, etc., etc., etc. This is the, war, the world in which we live. And most folk, as I say, are completely oblivious. They don't want to know the bad news. So they've got lots of entertainment to take them off into fantasy land. That's partly what the New Age movement was about, too, remember. All their big seminars that would, that would tell that their participants, don't look at the negative, look at the positive. And my answer to that's always been, well, uh, lots of folk have been killed on train tracks uh, by putting on Walkman radios or something in the past. That's what happened outside the place I live, actually. And uh, they didn't hear the train coming. You see, you don't want to hear that they look at the bad thing. Oh, that's a bad, you know, steamy-looking machine coming along here. And you get killed. If you don't look at the negative, you're doomed to hell, folks. Hell on earth. And that's what's planned to come in very, very shortly. They're always planning it. After all, the eugenists have said a long time ago that uh, back in the early 20th century, all those who had made it at the top of the gene pool through finance and so on proved their worth to rule the rest of the world. All those who didn't were the junk genes. And eventually they won't need the junk genes anymore. All we have to do now is, is simply pay for all their, all their wars, etc. Pay for the good life for the big boys. And, and then they'll start killing us all off too. By upping all the poisons in your food and more vaccinations, things like that. It's quite simple to do now, isn't it? Since I've trained the public, it's normal. And unfortunately, you can train the public that anything is normal. Also, there's an article on Monsanto wants total control and covers up grave GMO dangers. And it's from another researcher too. I'll put that up tonight as well for those who want to, to, to see it. There's also a video comes with it of 188.14 megabytes as well.
But it goes into uh, the GMO products and how safe or unsafe they are and, and so on. And does it even have anything, any, anything to do with solving any food crisis on the planet? The, the only food crisis here is to do with those that control the money system and the wars. Most wars actually bring in famine across Africa are just that. It's to do with the big boys, corporations fighting over the land and the minerals they contain. And when that happens, nothing gets planted, folks. Other parts of Africa, there's not enough people to do large farming. From Hamish from South Frontier, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>